Afterthoughts, Episode 4. Hi, welcome to Afterthoughts. I'm your host, Paul Steele. I'm the pastor at Bethlehem Church in Austin, Minnesota. Afterthoughts is the podcast of Bethlehem Church where we talk about things that are relevant to the Sunday sermon, whether it's questions that come up or additional information. Now, this past Sunday and the next three Sundays, the outreach coordinator here at Bethlehem Church, Dan Mueller, is doing a sermon series on the life of Peter. This past Sunday, he talked about the transformation of identity that Peter experienced during his time with Jesus. And that got me to thinking about identity. One of the common questions I think that people have is this question of, who am I? We want to know why we're here, the purpose of our lives. Who am I? In a sense, our life is this journey of self-discovery, trying to figure out our place in this world. One of the, one of the ways that our, our identity is formed, and I think it may be the most powerful way that our identity is formed, is through our family. Because of the influence our parents have since, since our really conception, it, it plays a huge role in our lives. So the influence of our of our mom and our dad and our brothers and our sisters, and even if 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 they play a part in our lives, our extended family, that whole family system plays a part in forming our identity, uh, informing the value that we have about ourselves, our perception of the world around us. You know, our families are a huge indicator of, about our the trend, trajectory of our lives. Our, a negative family experience can really hold us back, while a positive family can, experience can slingshot us, you know, greatly in, into the future. A second uh, way that our identities is, are formed is through the talents and the skills and and even the things that are that that we enjoy our personality so as we begin to discover those things that we do well those things that we enjoy the things that we kind of gravitate towards you know that begins to shape who we are and how we see ourselves if we find out that like, hey, I have some musical ability here, or I have some athletic ability, or if I can, I draw well, or if I enjoy uh, doing this, putting things together, you know, like playing with Legos and creating and having those types of things, that begins to shape who we are. You know, the, the TV shows and the movies and the books and the stories that we like, even when we're little, begins to shape who we are and the value that we have, the perception that we have of the world around us. Another really big uh, formation of our identity happens through school. That our time in school 
is one of those things that, that we, we start to get put into cliques and start to, to have these friendships that we form and, and we get labeled like with jock or musician or, you know, drama geek or nerd or, or this or that. And that, that, you know, that, that forms our identity. It, 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 it gives us a sense of, well, this is who I am. This is where I fit in with. These are the people I hang out with. As we grow older, another way that our identity is formed is through our jobs, our careers. So when somebody asks us what we do, we say, hey, this is who I am. You know, this is, this is what I do for a living. And we can get a sense of, of value or self-worth through the job that we have. Now, there was a time back in 2006 where I spent uh, six months in Iowa City, actually in Coralville, uh, baking bagels out of Brugger's Bagels. And I just, I have to admit that one of the lessons that I learned there was, was, was about my identity because during my time baking bagels, I struggled because here I was doing this, this minimum wage type of job rather than doing what I went to school for and my my sense of self-worth during that time was just like this. And so what we do, the job that we're able to hold or to find, you know, that plays a part in forming, uh, forming our identity as well. And so all these things become factors in how we see ourselves, how we see the world, the identity that we have about ourselves. Now, these are all very important and they're real things, right? They really do uh, shape our identities, shape our perceptions, shape our self-worth. And we have to recognize this. These are not little things. No, they, they weigh heavily on us. They are, they are primary in, in, in shaping our, our perception of ourselves, of our identity, how we would answer this question, who am I? As people who follow Jesus, we can't just leave it there though, right? We can't just let the world's standard become the way that we see the world even see ourselves. We have to take it back to what God says, to, to God's word. And there are a lot of different passages, many different passages in the Bible that deal with our identity, deal with how we should be seeing uh, ourselves and, and the value that we have. But I want to pick out just three of them. And the first one is found way at the beginning of the Bible. And it's one that if you're hanging around Bethlehem, I come back to time and time again because I think it is crucial for us to remember. And that's Genesis chapter one, verses 26 through 27. 
Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish, in the, the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, all the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, this is such a crucial passage because it reminds us or it teaches us God's original design for human beings, how God originally wanted you and I to be. And that is that we are created in his image. Now, so we're image bearers of God. That is, that needs to be one of the primary ways that we see ourselves, the identity that we have. Now, what does that mean? I think too often what we do is that we we try to figure out, well, what does it mean to be created in the image of God, right? It, like, like the, it means that we have this creativity, we have this, this the conscience, or we have uh, morality or whatever, and we're looking for a way that we are different from the rest of creation, like because we're God's image bearers. And we miss out on what this really means. Like being bearing the image of God means that he created us to represent him in this world. Right, right away there in, in verse six, uh, he, er, 26, he says, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over. So, so you see right there that God created us to be like him, to be in his image for the purpose of co-ruling or reigning over this creation. That's, that was God's original plan. We, we are God's image bearers in the fact that we represent him in this world. So I, I, I like to say that, that we demonstrate God's character. We represent God by demonstrating his character. We represent God by demonstrating his character, living out the character that God has, his love, his mercy, his wisdom, his forgiveness. That's why we need to be connected with God. And we're not very effective in ruling over this world, right? Because that connection that we have with God, that source of, of God's wisdom and his love and his grace that we should have with God has been severed because of sin. But don't, but don't, uh, but don't despair because the next uh, reminder that we have about our identity helps us see what God has done for us. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses, verses 16 and 17. 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. 
So one of the things that Paul reminds us here is that we can't evaluate others. We can't evaluate even ourselves from a worldly point of view, from the standards of the world. Because if we do, we're going to come to the wrong conclusions about things. So what Paul says, we need to stop doing that. And the reality is that when we are with Jesus, when we're in Jesus, when we have when we have surrendered to to Jesus and through through confession and and through uh, forgiveness and through a baptism and put our faith and our trust in Jesus, we are in Jesus. He has made us new people, new creations. He's, he's working to reestablish this connection that we have with God so that we can live out God's wisdom and mercy and forgiveness and love and grace in this world. So we can, we can evaluate things, not merely from the world standard, but rather from God's standard. We can see things the way that God sees them. We're part of God's new creation, part of what God is doing to restore his good creation to where to the way that he originally intended for it to be. So our, our identity is that we are created in the image of God. We are image bearers of God. Our identity is that we are not merely of this world, but we are part of God's new creation. We are new people because of Jesus. And that brings us to the third point here of remembering what God says about our identity. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9, 9 and 10. He says, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. So Paul said, or Peter here says that, you know who you are? You know who what your identity is? You are God's chosen people. That's who you are. Because of Jesus, this has changed. You used to be nobody. You used to have no identity as a people. As, but now that's changed. Now you are God's people. That's who you are. He says you are royal priests. Right, right, we are in the lineage of Jesus, created in God's image to rule with him. So we're royalty. And part of this means that we have this job of priests, of, of connecting the world or people with God. We stand in that gap for people, on the behalf of people for God, and on the behalf of God, to the rest of the world. That's the job that we have, that he has given to us. 
He says that we are a holy nation, that we are set apart for this purpose. And, and see what he says there too? So as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, right? We are God's image bearers. We represent him in this world. That's what we're called to do. This is who we are. We are image bearers of God. We are new people, and we are God's chosen people. And that means all those things together, because there's that common thread, that common theme that runs through all of that. That means that we have this responsibility of representing God in this world, of, of, of acting through his wisdom, through his love, through his mercy and grace and goodness. That's what we're called to do. So here's our challenge in all of this. So we have these real factors that form our identity, our family, our talents, our, our school, and our relationships, and, and all of that, that, that forms our identity. And this reality of God saying, no, this is, this is my original intention for you. You are to bear my image. And Jesus has come to save you, to bring you back so that you can be new people, so that you can be my chosen people. And you can continue to represent me well. So our challenge here is to live within these realities of being image bearers, of being new persons, of being God's chosen people, even when we they don't feel real. One of the struggles that we have as we follow Jesus is the fact that these things, they don't feel real to us at times. They feel so very far away from our reality. And we have to put what seems to be real and live in the reality and the truth of what Jesus is telling us, what God declares in his word that this is who we truly are. Even when we feel like a mess, even when we struggle with sin, yeah, we're still these new people. We're still a new creation. Even when we feel isolated and alone, no, we are still part of God's chosen people. That's who we are. And so we live in that reality and we declare that to be truth. Even when everything around us and everything that we're feeling seems to say, no, that's not true. So that's a challenge for us to declare, hey, this is true. And what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing in this moment is not true. And then the second challenge that we have is then how do we apply these to our lives? Because these three realities of being image bearers of God, of being new persons, of being God's chosen people, that, that applies to everyone who follows Jesus. I mean, the image bearer thing really applies to everyone, every person, every human being, but being new persons and being God's chosen people, that applies to everyone who is a Christian, everyone who follows Jesus. So, so 
in a sense, these are very generic things that, that apply to, to everyone. So how then do we take these realities and apply them to our context? Now, how do we take the reality that I'm an image bearer of God, that I am part of God's chosen people, you know, made holy for the purpose of showing the world the goodness of God? How, do I, how does that apply to my job, to what I do day in and day out? How does that apply to the, to the politics that I have? How does that apply to my family life? How does that apply to my other relationships? How does that apply to my use of time? And so we need to think about that. How does that reality, this part of my identity of being a chosen, being part of God's chosen people, how does that affect then the rest of my life? How does that truly become a reality that I live out? So that becomes a challenge for us. Our sense of identity affects the trans trajectory of our lives, the direction that we move in, that we go in. Having this understanding that we are image bearers, that we are new people, that we are God's chosen people should, should uh, direct the course of our lives in a way that we continue to follow Jesus in everything that we say and that everything that we do. And it helps us to remember that part of our calling as Christians is to make disciples. It's not just enough to live a moral life. It's not enough just to attend a worship service. It's not enough just to say, to have this label of Christian that we apply to our identity. We have to begin to live it out. And that's how we make these realities that scripture declares truly real in our lives. Hey, thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of, of Afterthoughts. I know there are a lot of different ways that you can be spending your time, a lot of different things that you can be listening to. I'm grateful that you have chosen to, to spend time with, with, with me. Uh, have a great rest of the week, and I'll see you back here next week on Afterthoughts. God bless. Thank you.